We give it an hour every day because it's a critical, critical show. So it's imperative that it is a show that's supported by the people who are listening, the people who believe in it, the people who rely upon it. 202-588-9739. Netba and Craig Williams are coming up. I'm sorry, Craig Hall are coming up um, next with Voices of Vision in just seconds. And meanwhile, we still need $300, $300 in order to make this go. Gold, 202 $300 is one person making a pledge, $25 a month, becoming a sustainer, giving us the $300 to make sure that democracy now hits the goal. Oh, my time is out. I trust you. We're going to the phone call. Please go to the phone. Stay tuned for NETFA and Craig and Vision, uh, Voices Vision. You're tuned to WPFW, WPFW-FM in Washington. Thank you for listening to the Just Completed program. If you'd like to offer feedback on any of our programming, please email us at info at WPFW.org. Peace, y'all. This is Rod Stars. This is G1. Together, we Rebel Diaz. And when we out here in D.C., the DMV, we bump WPFW. Washington. Every Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m., Voices with Vision. You heard? We've been trying to move this struggle from a lower to a higher level. Voices with Vision, bringing you news and analysis. It's about cutting-edge social justice issues by mixing various voices and ideas with information, cultural expressions, and commentary. Voices with Vision airs every Tuesday on your jazz and justice station, WPFW. Greetings and salutations, world. You're tuned in to the February 13th, 2024 edition of Voices with Vision, our second show of the 2024 Winter Fun Drive. WPFW bringing you revolutionary radio for revolutionary times. Thank you all who helped us meet our goal during the last show, last week's show. Uh, this morning, we have another important goal to raise $500 before 9.50 a.m. I like to say before 9.50 a.m. because we did meet our goal last week, but we weren't a, we weren't able to say that because we were off the air. So I know some people are are, are struggling to try to get that goal in at the last time, at the last moment, especially when you're trying to listen to our programming. But if it'd be good if you got it in, we like to thank people. We like to thank people, and I know some of you don't mind being thanked, so uh, if you can do that by 9.50, then we can, uh, we can get a chance to uh, thank you, and also let people know that we did meet our goal, and thank you very much for that. Um, this is when you get to express material support for Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times. I'm one of your co host Netfa Freeman here in the with my fellow co-host brother Craig what's happening brother Craig all right hey good morning good morning Netfa and of course welcome to all of our listeners what we you know do here it's it's a labor of love it's a mission um, of purpose to serve you with information and a perspective really designed to raise your consciousness so even though your contribution is tax deductible WPFW is not a charity, you know, begging for money. What we are, we are the people's radio, and we're run for the people, and we're run by the people, and we are accountable to the people, and that's you who support and keep us going. So to make your contribution, call 202-588-9739. 
or 800-222-9739. That's 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739. Or you can go online to WPFWFM.org or you can cash app us using dollar sign WPFW and make sure that you just put Voice with Vision there so we know to count your contribution against the goal this morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we actually have, I think I'm just seeing here, not just seeing here, but I'm reminded that the station has a thank you gift. So you're contributing to the sustenance of this programming, the voice, what Voices with Vision brings you and what the other programs bring you. And to thank you with that, if anyone of anyone out there can actually help us out with $120, help yourself out with $120 to sustain this programming, there's a gift. Um, Palestine is still the issue. It's a DVD. Um, the, the late John Pilger, who really, he just passed, right? John Pilger was somebody. We actually had the privilege of interviewing him once on Voice with Vision. But in this DVD, it's a series of extraordinary interviews with both Palestinians and Israelis. And uh, and Pilger weaves together the issue of Palestine. And he speaks to the families of suicide bombers and their victims. And he goes into the ref- refugee camps and, and meets children. And that's the kind of stuff John Pilger used to do. He has a lot of really good documentaries uh, out there. This one is a DVD. DVD um, of Palestine is still the issue. Now we want to we want to go into an update about Mumia Mumia Abu Jamal, who many of you who listen to us regularly know that we air Mumia's commentaries whenever he has them. Maybe also, you may have noticed that he's not doing them as as often. But what may not occur to you, and what you'll hear right now, not, it's not going to be Mumia. It's going to be uh, Pam Africa. With the family and friends of uh, con- uh, concerned family and friends of Mumia Abu Jamal talking about the situation with Mumia uh, Noel Hanrahan of Prison Radio, who records Mumia's commentaries, talks to Pam and she goes into it. And Pam says something that I've thought of often is that we air his commentaries, and from his voice, you may some people may get the mistaken notion that he's fine because his voice sounds so you know st- uh, strong and and but, but he's not doing well. And so we're gonna we want to bring this to you um, the commentary the comments from Pam Africa. My name is Noelle Hanrahan. I'm a lawyer and a private investigator, and I work with Prison Radio, and I'm here with Pam Africa from the International Concerned Family and Friends of Mumia Abu-Jamal. Pam, what's the latest? Right. Um, last week, I had a phone call that came in from Wadia Jamal's oldest son, and he had just left from visiting Mumia, and he was really upset. In fact, he said he left there crying going down the hall. When he got to his car, he said he was so messed up when he turned his car on, he had to stop because he was crying uncontrollably. And uh, because Munia looked just that bad. And uh, his hair had came out, but the most important thing, it wasn't the fact that Munia's hair was gone, and uh, it was the rash. And uh, he had this black rash that started on his face. And all uh, he had seen with Mumia had scratched so much that his eyebrows, you know, um, half of them was gone. And that Mumia itched continuously 24-7. And he had a terrible itch there. And it was very alarming for me. So I contacted, you know, several of the people that work, that work around Mumia and um, made arrangements to go up to the prison in our last, Monday, I mean, this Monday just passed, and I was shocked when I saw Mumia. You know, he was thin, he was much, he had lost a lot of weight, and when he talked about the rash, it brought back to my mind when we were fighting, and all this government, and all to stop them from murdering Mumia through medical neglect. As I sat here, you know, watching Mumia, and 
I'm thinking about when you hear Mumia on his podcast with Mark Lamont Hill, you would have no idea you could not place the face, you know, the face of Mumia, the body of Mumia with what you're hearing on the radio because you're thinking that, you know, he's well. This government is slowly, purposely killing Mumia through medical neglect. I'm talking about his diet, which you know well would you know talk more about, and on the fact that he does not get proper yard out. He has a bad heart, and they're not giving him the proper diet, the proper things that he needs to survive. And most of all, I want people to understand this should happen to no one. But Mummy is one hundred percent innocent, and uh, you will see, you know, uh, you know through the years you know, all the illegal things they have done to keep him in jail. And uh, but at this particular time, I know what I am saying. And uh, um, um, my dear son, Issa, he knew what it is he's saying. And uh, they are torturing. When you, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and as we're Speaking, Mumia is being tortured right now. There's not a part of his body that doesn't itch, and uh, that he's not digging and clawing at. And uh, um, you know, we need help. We need help. We need help getting him a diet. You know, um, which you know, while we're working, and we gotta pick up the work. We really gotta pick up the work because when you have the evidence of innocence, we must put the pressure on this government to release this proven innocent man. Um, Judge um, Griffin, you know, from Arkansas, said that these people have a bloodlust. And that's what they have, a bloodless. They have a vengeance. And uh, Mumia is, you know, a, a Black Panther. And, uh, you know, he's been supportive of the MOVE organization, you know, for years. And uh, Mumia is an icon in the world community for the work that he has done for mankind, for humanity. And these people want to kill him. And they're doing it. They're slowly doing it. You know, Mumia had a operation where um, the guard described who was, you know, uh, went to with Mumia to get this operation on his heart. And uh, as seeing Mumia's heart beating on the table, Mumia, you know, on a, um, you know, on a gurney or, or you know, um, or, you know, wherever the medical take the medical table. And uh, you know, and that frightened him. He was, you know, it almost made him sick to be in the room, you know, to see this. And uh, there are pictures of Mumia from twenty twenty three last year and all uh, that will go up on this on the well site and other sites and all uh, to show people the decline in health of Mumia. And also we're asking people to rise up, rise up and do the right thing. And uh, go to your, you know, um, congressman, you know, call to prison and, uh, you know, do whatever is necessary. This is just the beginning of this particular battle. We'll have more details on what it is that everybody can do. Um, I'm gonna let Noel talk now and I'll share the time with Noel. But please, please, I'm telling you what I see. And he said he should never reach the point where he reached last year. I mean, a couple of years ago. You know, his body can't take much more. And I gotta say this before Noel. Maureen Faulkner, the day that Mumia was released from death row, the, and the day that Mumia was granted an appeal by Judge Tucker. You know, he said very clearly about the work that they was going to do. Once he went to general population, you know, she said he'll get his just due. And, uh, you know, that he's going to burn in hell. Uh, you know, we're still talking about an innocent person. Um, you know, and that's when Mumia started getting sick. Mummy had been in jail for over 30 years at that point. And yes, she had colds and things like that. But once he hit general population, when they found out that um, 
he would just think that, you know, was just the general population. And uh, that's when his sickness started. And then when he went, uh, when Judge Tucker gave him the right for an appeal, that's when they stepped up. And we'll go more into detail about that later. You know, but they are determined to kill Munia. We must stop what is doing. We couldn't do nothing about Malcolm because we didn't know the plot. We didn't know the plan. We could not do anything about Shea Kamara because the same thing. And our Martin Luther King, what we do know, and we're witnessing what is going on here. It is time for us to rise up and tell them, hell no. Okay, this is Noelle Hanrahan. It's February 9th. Uh, we want you to stay tuned for updates and action alerts. Uh, Noelle Hanrahan, Prison Radio, speaking with Pam Africa from the International Concerned Family and Friends of Mumia Abu-Jamal. Look on Instagram, look on Facebook, um, do your research and get involved. These commentaries are recorded by Prison Radio.
Yeah, that was Keith Thompson and his rendition of Eddie Grant's Living on the Front Line. Um, that's just kind of how it's we feeling like that right now. We're living on the front line in some very interesting and pressing times. Um, I dare not say depressing because everything is not depressing. I'm, 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 I subscribe to what we call, and I think Brother Craig does too, you know, dialectical materialism. It's positive and negative and everything. As one of the tenets of dialectical materialism, and while uh, the the, all this repression is coming down and, and wars seems to be intensifying and it's everywhere. It's actually um, a sign that the enemies of humanity are in a state of desperation. They are weakened and we have to actually take some um, some gratif- not just gratification in that, but some inspiration by that. And it doesn't mean we sit and it's just going to turn all right by itself and they just gonna it means they're in that because we putting in the work we're putting in revolutionary activity we are buttressing that revolutionary activity with revolutionary emancipatory communications and media like revolutionary radio like wpfw and so that's where we need to be getting drawing our inspiration from everything ain't dot you know ain't you know Doom and gloom. Unfortunately, uh, people like our, our freedom fighters, like Mumia Abu Jamal, are suffering, and we can we need to do what we can to address that and alleviate that. We also got to you know do what we can to change this world. The things that we know need to be changed. That we have to challenge and and actually, I'm gonna say I dare say it, defeat those who are the enemies of humanity, who are taking us to war, who are destroying the planet, you know, the ecosystem, all of that. Um, and so that's what we want to, you know, that's what we try to do here on WPFW, um, not just this show, but other shows, you know, bringing programming that is going to not just uplift you, give, give you the information, fortify you with the information you need, the perspective you need, the voices of those who are out here struggling on the front line, who are not getting heard in corporate media and these corporate outlets. And that's what WPFW is. That's what we try to do with Voices with Vision. And we need you to help us make $500. You know, $500 is, a, it seems like it's not a lot, but sometimes it can be hard lift and it's going to contribute to the sustenance of the station, the overall goal, 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739. And, and uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Neff, about that. Sometimes this information that we are inundated with and that even that we talk about, it can make people feel uh, defeated and paralyzed, but we have to have uh, the understanding that there is positive and negative. We have to have a revolutionary optimism, really. And I find that, uh, that, that you really feel most defeated and you feel the most depressed by all this uh, information and what's going on and this awareness if you're not taking any action. Once you begin to take action, once you join an organization and begin to work together with people, addressing the issues and the problems, then you no longer feel depressed. You no longer feel paralyzed. You you overcome. And at a minimum level, uh, that action could be supporting WPFW, this jazz and justice mission mm-hmm. that we have here. Um, because this is, this is for you. You know, we're in uh, what is properly called, you know, Black History Month or African American History Month, I call African History Month, and uh, it's a it's it's a time for us to rededicate ourselves to an, a deeper understanding and a truer understanding of who we really are, and uh, what is our true identity and what is our our true direction and our purpose toward liberation. So, the number to call is two zero two five eight eight. 9739 or 800-222-9739 or you can go to the website wpfwfm.org and click the donate now button or you can use cash app dollar sign wpfw and make a note there voices with vision and that will give you some measure of satisfaction 
that you are sustaining an institution that is working for you, your family, your children, your community, the nation, and uh, pushing the liberation uh, struggle forward and consciousness forward throughout the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, Black History Month. Um, this is interesting. I, you know, this is one of the things that I like about this kind of emancipatory radio, we get a chance to kind of go into some things like how Black History Month is used. Of course, like Brother Craig said, it's an opportunity. Um, and I agree with that. It should be an opportunity for us to uplift things that don't get uplifted for us to reflect and uh, the and even create the historical record, update the historical record on our struggle and also just on all kinds of contributions to culture and everything. But also we have those who who are using it against us um, and against ourselves, you know, against particularly aimed at black people or people of African descent. Now, we call this show the tagline is not for the politically faint of heart. So I'm getting ready to go into some things that maybe might be a little uh, upsetting to people. Um, one of the things that I think of, and I, and I think of this term, and you, that that I keep hearing, you hear a lot of celebrities say it. They put it on television and all that. Black history is American history. And black history is American history. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I consider that uh, the psyops. The psyops, psychological operations of counterinsurgency. Um, now, I don't mean that everyone who utters that phrase uh, has some uh, intention, you know, conscious intent to undermine the movement. But I think those kind of things come out of it. They're, they're actually conjured up in a lot of ways, you know, by our enemies, you know, or at least people who have different uh, adverse class interests and interests than, than the masses of the people. And I'm going to tell you why. And then first, let me say this. When I say uh, counterinsurgency and what, when we say counterinsurgency, what it means or any when I say we, I mean anyone, because the ter- this is what the term means, basically. All means and methods of of imperialist state efforts to counteract revolutionary movements and anything that can be uh, a contribution to revolutionary movement at all, even if it's not decidedly revolutionary, but can lends itself to revolutionary to revolutionary transformation of society is revolutionary movement and counterinsurgency is that that's to counteract that to counteract revolutionary movement, and it's the state efforts to do so. And they leverage all forms of, you know, mass incarceration and and policy, you know, legislation like crime bills and all that kind of stuff, um, and different things to keep in check those activities and those individuals in the society that will challenge the status quo, challenge the capitalist profit motive paradigm, challenge the white supremacy, uh, the structural, you know, things that uh, that enforce uh, racism and the domination of the European, you know, European descendants over the rest of the world. Um, anything that challenges that, challenges the settler colonial capitalist state, um, is going to be subject to counterinsurgency. And when I say, you know, to me, that black history is American history, it's an attempt, and I can, you know, get your, your thoughts on this, Brother Craig. I, I just suspect Brother, Brother Craig might even agree with me more, so we don't do a lot of arguing on here with political stuff, but maybe. So black history is American history. That phrase and that kind of psychological, that, that idea planted in people's minds is a, it's like an attempt to erase the radical black tradition from the historical account. And the radical black tradition is for things like, you know, Malcolm. Malcolm represents them. I'm just going to keep it simple because there's a lot to the radical black tradition in the history. But Malcolm and uh, Haj Malik al-Shabazz had, had some things like, I'm not an American. I'm one of, this is a quote from Malcolm. I'm one of the 22 million black victims of Americanism. I'm one of the 20, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's pretty close because I like be listening to Malcolm. I'm one of the 22 million black victims of a system of so-called democracy, which is nothing but disguised hypocrisy. You know, Malcolm laid out a lot of things. When you get when we get Malcolm in any kind of mainstream media reflected or portrayed in each type of mainstream media, we don't hear him saying anything like that. We don't say, hear him say, well, you ain't not, you're African. You know, 
I know some of you think you ain't left nothing in Africa. Why you left your mind in Africa? They're not going to talk about that. They're not going to talk about the FBI attempts to, you know, to malign him and subjugate him. And the FCIA's attempts to assassinate him when he's in Africa and all. I mean, they kind of, they may touch on it, allude on it, but they don't really make you understand that. And this is the radical, and, that, and I'm just talking about Malcolm. We, when we start talking about him connecting or other people and other movements like the organization of Afro-American unity being modeled after organization of African unity and these people are people forging connections and ties globally, people of African descent, political ties and projects. This, I mean, for us to say black history is American history is a way to get people away from considering that black history or African history is really an extension of the history of Africa and her people scattered globally. Why can it not be that? And, and how can it be that and also be just American history, which when they say American history, those who utter it are not talking about the settler colonial paradigm and construct that we're living. They don't see it that way. They won't acknowledge it. And I'm not talking about a perspective. I'm talking about facts. This is facts. I know people, it's hard to say, you know, this is analysis will say, well, that's just your opinion that the U.S. is a settler colonial. Nah, it's a fact. But, you know, this is what we, you know, what we're up against. And I know me saying all those things may be a little challenging to some people. So when I, we ask you to contribute money, <laughs> you may not, those of you might be a little upset, may not do it. But there's somebody out there that's listening to this and saying, facts or yeah i hear that you know i'm resonating with that and so it's going to be up to you who who will not be dissuaded or you have an aversion to what i'm saying to give us a call here 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739 go online to wpfwfm.org hit the donate button if you're already listening online just hit that donate button fill out the form for voices with vision give us give the contribution to the show and to the station what you can it's a station like wpfw that will that will even allow us to come on and share this type of information but there's a whole lot more to the radical black tradition we can talk about you know um the congress you know all the all african people's conference um all that you know um the the rev the black communist george padmore all those things that right now Americanism is trying to foster an aversion to systems that would redistribute wealth and power to, to the disfortunate, to the working people. Um, and so when they say America, America and Americanism, I call it Americanism, it is synonymous also as inherently anti-socialist, you know, it's just kind of, you know, embraces you know, capitalism and exploitation and, and those sort of things and, and white supremacy and, the you know, the sidelining of indigenous people into reservations, what really are concentration camps and, you know, subject to the, the worst indices and conditions. And, but as we're seeing, particularly with Palestine and the genocide going on and now, you know, the International Criminal Court is having to go ahead. I mean, you look like you. So, well, you know, you, you're saying a lot. So, uh, yeah, I want to I want to go ahead <laughs> and jump in. <laughs> Let me jump in at the point where you were talking about Malcolm, because I just want to quote some some more Malcolm here, where he says it is time for all African Americans to become an integral part of the world's Pan Africanists. And even though we might remain in America physically while fighting for the benefits uh, of uh, the benefits. The Constitution guarantees us we must return to Africa philosophically and culturally and develop a working unity in the framework of Pan-Africanism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we started out or you started out talking about this uh, construct, this perspective that black history is American history and the uh, counter insurgency and counter revolutionary um, you know, perspective that is that that may escape a lot of people. Because uh, what I think sometimes we want to be able to say, some of our intelligentsia, and that is that, uh, you know, African people, uh, so-called black people in America, uh, you know, 
have been here a long time have are have built this country and that this is our country and that gets really confused with the uh correct assertion that we should have uh you know rights and that we should be respected and uh and all of that that's not the same as as surrendering our identity right. to the identity mm. of the oppressor. And this is the root, right. really, uh, when it comes to the mental slavery that continues, is the understanding that we are African people, period. African people in America. And our history is the history of African people in America. It's not American history because what is defined as American is really a uh, uh, white supremacist um uh you know uh, element you know an extension uh, of, of western europe yeah so that even when you read your history books and your children read your u.s history books they're going to uh it's going to include information about christopher columbus for instance a an italian working for the spanish crown who never even set foot on the landmass that is known as the United States of America, yet it is a prominent part of U.S. history. The connection there is that it is a part of the history of Europeans and white supremacy. You see, and mm -hmm. uh, and and, and right. the expansion, the colonial expansion of uh, you know Europe around around the world and in the americas and so that is american history it's in the american history book that's not our history our history is a history of struggle so when we begin to detach ourselves from this false identity uh, that we are american then we begin to break those chains on our mind and be, and, and and like malcolm was talking about move forward toward uniting with our brothers and sisters and our people in Africa and around the world. In the Congo. And so, yeah, I, I told y'all that Brother Craig was not going to disagree with me. Not because we, we just kind of, actually we go back. A lot of people don't know how, I don't know if how people know how much we go back way before the show. Um, and even though you didn't start off with the show, I knew you before I was even way on the show. But, you know, a lot, you said a lot there. I want to agree with it and actually add more is that when we, you know, when I, it's, I think this question of the black radical tradition is important. We want to thank Anonymous in Los Angeles, California, who says really helped us a lot significantly with that goal. Um, free Palestine, free with the, the system. I'm sorry, I'm, let me make this bigger. My free Palestine, free Congo, free Sudan, free us all. All right now. So that's that's uh, anonymous in Los Angeles. Thank you very much. Now, this I wanted to say more about this question of um, history, American history and uh, African or black history or African history is being unfolded all the time. You know, as soon as something is in the past and it becomes history. So when we start looking at things like, you know, um, the the what we call here the Red Scare and the the Red Scare, Black Scare, which is actually the title of, of Dr. Cherise Burton-Stelly's book. I know some of you may have heard about that. But they're at, constantly doing things right now today. Like, for example, we had on last uh, couple, was it last week? Um, this The uh, uh, Chairman Omali Yesitelli talking about, yeah, you know, their, the, what's happening. And then they're trying to, you know, I, I, missed, I mistakenly, I will say mistakenly because I was hear hearing Dr. Burton Stelly talk about m how people use the word McCarthyism, and 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 I do that too. The new McCarthyism we're referring to what uh, you know McCarthy did back in the era of, of anti-communism. What I'm saying, but only it kind of, but it kind of reduces that. It kind of doesn't really speak to the era we're in, which is much more pervasive, more uh, uh, entrenched into the whole structure and that even even back then though it wasn't and but so and when we say McCarthy is also sort of uh, belittling it and reducing it to this person who had this you know thing um, and what they were doing this sort of uh, obsession but but what we're facing now is a whole 
system dedicated to marginalizing and sidelining and uh, repressing resistance. And then doing so, they want to deem it something, uh, demonize it and call it, oh, it's, you know, Russia or China, pawns, all that kind of stuff. So as this history is unfolding and they're doing certain things like keeping Mumia in prison and also uh, uh, brothers like uh, also political prisoner at this point, Kevin Rashid Johnson, who's leading a hunger strike in Virginia and also fighting prostate cancer and has been organizing the prisons there and, and um in Virginia for a long time has become, you know, like it's sort of like a George Jackson really, you know, went in under one auspices but came out another. So these in Virginia's Red Onion State Prison and they began a hunger straight back in December back straight back in December, um talk you know, trying to demand different prison conditions. And as you remember, we interviewed um brother um Orisanmi Burton about the Attica the um, this tip of the spear and the the long Attica revolt about how these things represent more than just prisoner rights, but really revolution, and they know that. And so when this as this history is unfolding, if we don't call it what it is, part of the radical black tradition and extension of African and radical resistance, it's going to be erased from the historical record. If we keep talking about some American history, it's not going to be part of it. So as we struggle, we are making history. As we're doing things to make history, we want to do it in a way that keeps it part of the historical record, keeps it away, you know, protects it from the revisionism of the European capitalist patriarchy. Um, and so that's what, you know, that's what I think is why things are important in that sense. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and the, the other, well, you know, what, you, what you're mentioning, too, because I, I, I keep going back to, you know, this Black History Month, African History Month, and uh, what it means. Maybe it's because, you know, I'm involved with these things in my daughter's school, um, you know, right now. But there is that attempt to take that Black radical tradition, to take the real politics and the real purpose, you know, out. And uh, instead to substitute it with some type of, you know, milk toast, watered down, and really subversive um, you know, ideas that still keep us under control. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just, I want to just quote here. Let me see. It's, uh, uh, this is Kwame Ture, you know, formerly known as Stokely Carmichael. He says here, so we say, and this is in a chapter, by the way, of his book, Stokely Speaks, where he's speaking about the Palestinian revolution and the what he calls a black revolution so in that chapter he says so we say black people in america and perhaps colonized people around the world are not only fighting an economic system but also a racist system black people in this country are fighting two evils one of the evils is racism the second is the evil of capitalism or imperialism which is the highest stage of capitalism since our fight is against those twin evils we must prepare an ideology that will meet both of them, a society that is free of racism and a society that is indeed uh, that it, that indeed is anti-capitalist and where capitalism cannot function. That is the goal of the black movement in this country. If those goals are not made clear, the movement will be subverted. We will find ourselves being black capitalists trying to enjoy a piece of the American pie, trying to identify with our oppressor and helping to oppress the rest of the world. And that ties back to, uh, in a subtle way, this idea that, you know, black history is American history. Mm -hmm, Again, definitely. it's the history of African people in America struggling for liberation and, of course, Pan-Africanism, unity. Mm -hmm. and, and internationalism, and internationalism, internationalism that goes against U.S. imperialism. Exactly. Right. So... Yeah. And then, you know, I want to we want to get people the, the the anonymous who gave that great contribution is in Los Angeles. But we know there's some local people, Let's local people weigh in. If you like this conversation, we know everybody ain't going to like it, but we know there's some revolutionary minded people out there. We're just trying to speak the truth and we bring it to you live and direct on the airwaves of WPFW. 202-588-9739 or 800-222-9739. We're trying to keep 
Revolutionary Radio Alive on WPFW. We do it with the programming that we bring you. That's our contribution, Brother Craig and I. And we go online to WPFWFM.org. Put it in. Allow us to thank you, if you will. If we have like for a little bit less than 10 minutes to go before we can actually thank you. And so if you would do that. Uh, WPFWFM.org Hit the donate button or call us You can do cash app We won't be able to thank you on the air But we will definitely appreciate it And you don't have to make a big contribution Whatever you can make You know, you can be a sustainer Being a sustainer always helps uh, And you can get That means that the the, uh, money can be counted on by the station You know, meaning that you break it up over time Over 12 months of the year And then they'll take out automatically out of your credit card Like it's a bill that you're paying, um, and you don't have to even feel it as much. Giving if you ha- some people can do a sustainer and big, big give a bigger amount if they do a sustainer. So like twenty five dollars a month or ten dollars a month or something like that that you can that you can contribute two zero two five eight eight nine seven three nine or eight hundred two 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 nine seven three nine. Now I wanted to before we get in real quick. Um, we we ha- also had, and this goes into this question of counterinsurgency and American history. We've had a couple shows on the crime, DC crime bill, and PACA, and I want to PACA Pan African Community Action has written a, a paper, a position paper. I want to point people to to uh, that uh, and that analyzes the crime bill and how from a revolutionary perspective, um, and that can be found on pacapower.org slash no DC crime bill. That's pocketpower.org slash no DC crime bill. Um, you should check it out and read it. I'm going to just read a couple excerpts from the paper. You know, it's like three pages, I think, right, uh, of information and analysis. One quote from it is this the secure DC omnibus bill is the latest attempt by DC governments by DC's local government to impose law and order while ignoring the root issues that lead to street level crime and advancing the war against the black working class they also say in another the DC crime bills no crime bills are a national phenomenon in the US and are nothing new they are a way to feed the national security industrial complex in response to crises such as homelessness, poverty, and gentrification. The national security industrial complex are those things, I'm just going you know, it doesn't say this, I'm just paraphrasing this part or defining, is the industrial complex of things that, you know, the money-making apparatus that makes this apparatus off of all forms and goods and goods related to security. And then you have the crime bill gives the police, this is another quote from the thing, the crime bill gives the police more power and authority, the police in the state, more power and authority to fulfill and advance their so-called war on war on crime. It says a war on crime led, led by the ruling class and their political servants will always be a war against the black working class. And I would add in there the indigenous people too. Now, another one says Pan-African Community Action contends that black people in the U.S. are a domestic colony, an internal colony that is enforced by a massive police presence meant to control and keep us exploited for our labor and our and other human resources consequently this bill will impose more surveillance state uh more state surveillance grant police in the state more authority to target harass and brutalize black residents and expand the police occupation of the ghettos of black people in dc the reforms proposed in the dc crime bill cannot be cannot replace the need to build community-led power Paca understands that real and permanent solutions to systemic inequities and root issues are achieved by shifting power into the hands of an organized black or African black working class. To ensure real safety and security in our communities, we must fight for community control over police and implement a new transformative vision for what can be done to serve and protect our communities. Those are excerpts from the bill, from the, I'm sorry, the paper, the Pan-African Community Action um, and the Shameless, I mean, uh, uh, all full disclosure I'm a member of, and the to find that paper uh, is go to PACA Power, P-A-C-A Power dot org slash no dc crime bill i want to say this real quick too mumia support mumia uh, abu jamal also kevin rachid johnson um and the hunger strike there and just two things tonight 
the D.C. chapter of the Malcolm X grassroots movement is holding a support, a support forum for Kamal Siddiqui. Actions happening at the Black Worker and Wellness Center. It's a hybrid event. You can go to the Black Workers and Wellness Center this evening at um, 2500 Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue, Southeast D.C. That's across the street from the Anacostia Metro. It's a virtual option as a as a hybrid event, so you can register to participate online at bit.ly/sadiqiblackloveletters. Bit.ly/sadiqiblackloveletters. Sadiqi is S-A-D-I-K-I. And so check that out. Also, the day after that, Wednesday, Paca is holding our event on um, about the Pan-African Perspectives on Black History Month. And so a Pan-African Perspective on Black History Month at the same place, Black Workers and Wellness Center on Wednesday. It's also a hybrid event. And you can get the, that on tinyurl.com slash Africans study, Africans plural, Africans study. Uh, tinyurl.com slash African study. Those two things are coming up one tonight, one tomorrow. Um, and I just wanted to get that out there before we. All right. Off. And we got, we have, uh, we have some more, some more people to thank. All right, um, because I knew there was more than just one person this week, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, was, was stepping forward. But uh, we got, uh, the real brother Craig, the other Craig. <laughs> we, we we know this Craig, don't we? right? <laughs> so, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we want to we want to thank brother Craig from Washington D.C. Um, that's the real brother Craig, and um, I, I don't know which one of us is older, but you know now he is. He's a supporter. Okay, so yeah, so he so he's he's the real brother Craig, and I'm I'm the backup. Uh, also, anonymous. In Bowie, want to thank you uh, so much for your contribution to the station during Voices with Vision. Uh, Anonymous says, please keep speaking truth. And truth is in all caps. And that's what we like to do here. So, uh, you know, thank you. And I, I just want to, uh, you know, read something here because what we're involved with, we only have a couple minutes here, is, you know, the work of enlightenment, the work of raising consciousness. Um, and and uh, and and really fighting this counterinsurgency, um, you know, putting forward a revolutionary perspective. I read this book. It's called Brainwash by Tom Burrell. And in it, um, you know, he's addressing a lot of things. But he says that we think we're joking and laughing at a script of our own design. And he's referring to our people as we watch these television shows and movies, uh, which are filled with propaganda. He says, we think we're joking and laughing at a script of our own design. Instead, we have swallowed a fallacy. The fact is that the script was actually written by those who control the media. They've been clever enough to write it for us, feed it to us, and have us deliver it for them, completely oblivious to the fact that there is nothing bold, new, or authentic about it. To get to that healthy place of critical reflection and concern, concerted action, we must first untwist the thread of historical brainwashing. So that's what we, you know, do here. Mm -hmm. uh, untwisting the thread of historical brainwashing. And that's what you are supporting when you're listening and you're sharing this information with, uh, with others, your family and friends. And, of course, when you are contributing to keep things going. Yeah. And then, you know, this uh, too, I'm sorry, I'm going to say the number one more time before this last comment, because we're about to go. So anybody who hopefully we can thank somebody else on the air where we did make our goal. Thank you so much. We went over our goal, really. Uh, thank you so much for everybody. We knew there's a lot of people out there that are not for the, that, that are they're OK with information. This, this may not be for the politically faint of heart. But one thing is, you know, this may have been covered on a show. You never know on WPFW covers a lot. But the meta this meta organization, the business thing that, that governs Facebook and owns Facebook and Instagram is considering uh, censorship of the word Zionist. So if the word Zionist is used, that's maybe because we didn't get a chance to go into it, but it goes speaks to what we're talking about and what we try to do here. So anything that speaks to Zionism, which is really a settler colonial system, you know, a racist settler colonial system of imperialism that subjugates and, um, and Palestinian people and steals the land and subjugates African people, you can't use the word. They're going to try to, you know, censor the word. 
So this is what we mean, you know, when people start talking about American history is uh, black history is American history is black history Zionist is black history anti indigenous folks of the U.S. You know, Turtle Island and, and then the U.S. Hem- the American rather hemisphere is is it anti you know is it pro Africom? The U.S. Africa Command and the the neocolonialism across the continent of Africa and the theft of our resources, because that's what America stands for. I know you don't want to hear it, but that's what it is. So, you know, anyway, thank you so much, everybody. Well, we, We're about we to had go. we had oh, someone else to thank, though. We oh, got, wow, uh, yeah, yeah Namvuyo from uh, Silver Spring and memory of Robert Mangaliso Subukwe. All right. He was yes. also a political prisoner in South Africa at Pan-African. Right. of course, leader of the Pan-Africanist Congress of oh, Azania. Yep. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And so we're going to go out. Maybe we can do a little bit of, I don't know if we can have time to do the Eddie, Tom, Keith Thompson's uh, living on the front line a bit, but then we do want to you know, say, if you're not fighting for the liberation of your people, fall back. Yeah. Yeah. Love can live in a soil No, not in the soil of discontent Oh, our hatred only grows A crop of ignorance Then we're living on the front line Oh, oh, my, 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 who planned this? We're living on the front line Closer, kick true. The young black youth like we supposed to. No swine in our rovers and Louis Vuitton hosters. We in the trench for young 50 century street soldiers. Be the ones they ain't lock up and send the foreign waters to fight for something they ain't got in their own borders. It's us, the free unit, they ain't holding us back. We just caught a soundtrack to this movement. Y'all just rap, brat, black on black, and clap about that. Stay trooper shot with Sevilly's boy in the back. Miss Rogers boy in the back. While we ain't firing back, the boys is gone and they ain't coming back. We gotta go back. Say go for right and exact. It's the red, green, and the black, black, black. Gil Scott Heron said, The revolution will not be televised. And yet we've seen oppression, suffering, and resistance streamed in real time across this country and around the world, from Palestine to D.C. In times like these, it's imperative to have a station like WPFW that centers justice, reflects hope, and fosters solidarity throughout our music and public affairs programming. From February 4th through the 24th, we offer you the opportunity to partner with us in this critical work of liberation by donating during our Winter Pledge Drive and ensuring that WPFW will be here to chronicle the revolution. WPFW, 
Revolutionary Radio for Revolutionary Times. Collective Voices and the Francis Gregory Neighborhood Library invite you to celebrate black history through poetry from 